something a little bit different, change of pace in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to speak on prayer. Now, there's the possibility right now I've divided the congregation because some of you just responded awesome, but there could be some of you, and I get it, go, oh, I've read books on prayer. Uh, Reese Howe, uh, Leonard Ravenhill, A.W. Tozer, George Mueller, Catherine Wesley, and these guys, like, they're the ones that have calluses on their knees after years of spending three hours in the morning in prayer, and then if they have an extra busy day, they think, oh, I might need to extend it to four hours. Uh, we have um, calluses on our thumbs from texting, calluses on our butts from watching net- Netflix, and yet these guys had calluses on their knees from praying, and it's like, oh, prayer, you know, I believe in prayer, it's good, but oh no, I often just feel like a loser. <laughs> I feel guilty, or I don't measure up, and... Uh, we're going to talk about this morning, and there are some things that I'm going to share that may help lift that, because I have, uh, like many people, especially in the West, that's at least the assumption I get when I hear about pastors and leaders and people in other nations, you know, you hear about the prayer mountain, I'm assuming it still happens in Seoul, Korea, where people go to the prayer mountain for hours and you know, just an amazing revival, you know, the world's largest church and pastors from all around the world for decades have gone there and, you know, Dr. Cho, Dr. Cho, tell us, you know, the key for your growth and it's just prayer. Yeah, 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 we do that. But, what, what, you know, what's turned this nation around that you've got, you know, you're planning churches and your churches, you know, 700, 800,000 people. It's just, ah, oh, prayer, pray. You pray, you pray, it's just longer, and it's just like, oh man, it just, it just does us in. And I think part of it is we're going to look at two mindsets. So you can be seated with Christ in heavenly places, yet there's a possibility that when we pray, we pray with a mind that is set on the mechanics of prayer, the how-to of prayer. We could actually be in the place of legalism. We can be in a place where it's all about doing, doing, doing. Uh, There's basically two places you can pray from. You can pray from a place called Legal Vale. I don't know if you've ever heard of that place. It's not a great place to be. I've spent a lot of time in Legal Vale. Or you can spend a lot of time praying in Gracelands, which is a really wonderful place to pray from. But let's Get an idea because I think we're going to realise there are times we have gone from place to place. There are, there are times we are praying from Legal Vale. And Legal Vale, it, it's like it's a place, but it is a spirit. And it's a place, spirit that speaks when we're praying. And this is a place where prayer is basically a performance. And you're either doing really, really well you get to the point of, hey, I'm actually getting some calluses on my knees. I spend an hour a morning in prayer and the whole thing of performance and, and living in legal vow means I'm actually nailing this thing. And you talk to your friends, it's like, man, they're, they're, they're really bad at it. I'm, I'm probably lifting this church up because of my prayers. I'm awesome in prayer. I should write a book on prayer. I should write, you know, and so you go to, through performance, living in legal vow, it can actually lead you to a place of pride. On the other hand, 
I'm really hopeless at this, I'm worthless at this, God doesn't hear my prayers, my prayers are pathetic. You're still like the proud person because you're self-conscious and you feel useless and worthless. So it's performance. It's also prayer becomes, you become very self-conscious. It's about what's in it for me? How am I performing? You pray a long prayer. Oh, God must be really happy with me now. God must really love me now. That's legal veil. It's um, entitlement. God, I, I pray really hard and I even at times fast and you owe me. I've been praying for this healing. That healing must be a done deal because after all, I'm a man of prayer. I'm a woman of prayer. When you're living in legal, this spirit of legalism does speak. And I wonder if you ever heard while you're praying these words. Having fun, are we? Really? You're not very good, are you? No. Pray longer. Pray harder. And then when you finally say amen, you hear this, is that it? That's it? You slept for seven hours, you spent an hour eating, two hours watching Netflix, and you prayed for three minutes and 40 seconds. Is that it? You're pathetic. That is the sound of legalism. Legalism says your prayers are boring. Your prayers are impotent. Your prayers are irrelevant. Your prayers are lame. When you're in Legaval, there's such an emphasis on the technicality of prayer. Oh, you've got to pray these words. You've got to be facing this direction. You've got to pray for this long. You've got to pray in this place. You've got to pray with this posture. In other words, the spirit of legalism can be summed up by the word do. It's what you do. Prayer is something you do. You do it this long, this way, facing this direction. Do, do, do. It's on your terms. And when you do it that way, God owes it to you that He will bless you. I've spent a lot of my prayer life, those seated with Christ in heavenly places, I've prayed it from a place of legal veil. Let me share how that has happened for me. On one occasion, word got out that after having um, church together for a number of years, there was this heartbeat of our pastors in our city saying, we should now get together for prayer. We heard about this move of prayer in other nations among pastors and leaders, and it was simply called the Prayer Summit. And the idea that we will go away for a few days from all different denominations and we will spend time in prayer. I remember getting, I don't think it was an, oh, were emails around then? Maybe not, it might've been a fax. But anyhow, this idea, prayer summit, it's happening at Serpentine campsite, you know, dorms, which is good. You want something a little bit spartan, a little bit, you don't wanna be in a resort and pray. It was going, we're gonna go hardcore. So word of got out that we got Church of Christ, we got Baptists, I'm Vineyard, we got Vineyard. There were some Pentecostals that were invited. Uh, it was just uh, Salvation Army, Anglicans uniting. And you know, this idea, whoa, we're gonna come together for prayer. I tell you what, enthusiasm, passion, 
for prayer smothered in legalism is a very dangerous place. And so here I am the night before. I am so excited I can't go to, I can't go to bed. So I said to Karen, I'm, I'm not this kid waiting for Christmas. I am so excited we're going to this you know, week of prayer, which means I don't have to do any church work. I can, you know, like. And so I, I decided to play some worship music to get me into the zone. And so you know, the big guy back then in Vineyard Days was a guy called Kevin Prosh. So I started listening to Kevin Prosh and I'm going, oh Lord, I'm, I, bet, I wonder how many other pastors are doing what I'm doing. Like I'm really in the zone already, it hasn't even begun. And then I realised a friend of mine gave me a, a bottle of wine for my birthday. And I thought, you know, I'm a, I, most of my life I've been Church Christ. It was very much you don't drink. I'm now a vineyard and some vineyard pastors drink. I thought, I think a glass of wine, worship, get, get into the zone. So, you know, I had a glass and, you know, listen to Kevin Frosch. It's just good. Oh, two glasses is good, right? Yeah, so, and it's always been my max. Two glasses, that's it. So I had my two glasses of wine and, Hang on, I hadn't thought this through. Um, I'm going to have half a bottle of wine left, you know, for the next few days, just sit in the fridge. And not that I understand much about wine, but I, I assume it's not going to be that good when I come back. And I thought, well, I might as well finish it. So I'm, you know, no impact on alcohol. And so I finished the bottle of wine. And, you know, it was probably three hours before I had dinner. And so anyhow, I'm listening to Kevin Price. And it wasn't gradual, it was sudden. I'm just going, oh, the room is spinning and I'm starting to feel nauseous. And I go and wake Karen and said, Karen, I'm not feeling really well. And she said, what, what's wrong? You know, she's probably thinking spiritual warfare. You've got to flu. I said, I think I'm drunk. Like, I'm, I, 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 I naively, I was getting in the zone for prayer. But I'm, so anyhow, she just, oh, you're pathetic. Anyhow, get to bed and I'm lying in bed in the room. I... I've been, this is the second and only time I've been drunk in my life. The first time was in my third year of Bible college. <laughs> Total naivety, never drunk alcohol in my life. And uh, my friends knew that. And anyhow, long story short, I was drunk. Uh, so here I am, the night before the prayer summit, Rob Mason, pastor of Vineyard Church. I've had too much to drink. Wake up in the morning and it's just, oh, I feel horrible. Drive to South Perth Church Christ. We get on the bus and sit next to a guy called Jeff Westlake. Great guy. Very intense guy. He's talking passion, passion. And I'm just, I'm, I, I'm just feeling really, really off and somewhat guilty. We finally get there, networking with a few pastors and this Baptist guy meets me. And I know, it's just this instant connection. And he said, how are you going? You're I said, oh, I'm just really, really, really sick. He said, oh, Rob, that's warfare, man. I'm going to pray for it. I said, um... Colin, it's not warfare, it's stupidity. I'm, I've got a hangover, mate. <laughs> and then the whole press summit, you've got Margaret Court preaching, you've got John Bond preaching, you've got John Finkelty, all these great men and women of God. And I'm thinking, I've got a hangover and, and, and I can't pray out loud. I'm so self-conscious, I'm so riddled with guilt, I feel so pathetic. And so I talked to this guy. Some of you might know John Yates. He, he's a prophetic guy. And I said, John, I'm, um, I'm really struggling at this press summit. Um, I'm, you know, or you guys are like, John, when you pray, I want to take notes. You're so flipping good. And he said, oh, Rob, it's really easy. Why are you struggling with prayer? I said, oh, what? He says, oh, because you're, you're full of yourself. 
you, you are so self-conscious. You're so, you're so sensitive and concerned what people will think when you pray that you are crippled in your spirit rather than just focusing on God and praying to God. He was spot on. He could have said it nicer. <laughs> and so by the last day of the summit, I had prayed out loud once and, and came home like, oh, it was a touch of God and this sense of what was happening in our city that during prayer, a Pentecostal pastor would say, hey, I, I just wanna confess my sin before you, Baptist Church Christ, that sometimes from the pulpit, I would publicly say that you guys really don't understand the Holy Spirit, that we have the monopoly on the Holy Spirit and the person's crying and weeping and then time later, a Baptist guy gets up and says, um, well, thank you for your openness. I just wanna confess before you Pentecostals that there are times from the pulpit that I say that you guys are Fruit Loops and uh, whatever, whatever. And so it was crying and repenting and it was just the most amazing thing. But the point is, for a lot of that prayer summit, I was robbed of joy and, the, and experiencing the true spirit of prayer because I was in legal veil. I was, I was self-conscious. It was about performance. And for, for me, my performance was pathetic. I felt inferior. I felt worthless and impotent. And that's what legal veil will do. But there's another mindset there's another place that we can pray from and it's called Gracelands. So if legalism can be summed up by the word do, it's what you do, it's performance and you're self-conscious. Grace can be summed up by the word done. It's all done. It was done on the cross. We can approach God in prayer with confidence because what Christ has done for us, that grace is the empowering presence of God, that when we pray from this place called Gracelands, God is saying, I want to empower you with my presence. I want to teach you to pray. I want to empower your prayers. Whereas legalism or the law code, it would tell us what and how long and whatever else, but it wouldn't lift a finger. The Lord doesn't have a capacity to transform your life. But Jesus is saying, if you allow me, I will empower your life and I will teach you to pray. Grace is rest. So when we pray living in Gracelands, there is no performance, there is no striving, there is this sense of rest. This sense of there is nothing I can do that will make God love me more there is nothing I can do that will make God love me less. So there's no sense of God, if I pray for an hour, like will you really, really, really love me? It's like, Rob, I love you. You can pray for a minute a day. In fact, don't pray at all, all week, and I will still love you. My love is unfailing, it's unlimited. But God, I, but I would want to pray. Ah, that's it. Not obligation, but longing. You are, we are trophies of grace. In Matthew chapter 11, Eugene Pedersen, I think had his best day ever when, 
putting together what we know as the message or the message Bible. His translation paraphrase of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, in this context of prayer, I just think it is awesome. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Are you worn out praying from legal veil? Have you tried prayer and fasting? You've done it in your own strength. It's been a performance. You've been self-conscious. Are you burnt out on religion? Are you aware that when my son came to planet Earth, he didn't come to start a religion. He came to show you how to live life. So here it is. Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. When you're living in Gracelands, prayer is an invitation. Come to me. Break off the shackles of legalism You're burnt out. It doesn't work. It's gruelling. It's intoxicating. Come to me. And then notice the words, get away with me. Walk with me. Work with me. For too long as a pastor, I was doing things for Jesus, not doing things with Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I'm doing this for you. I'm preaching for you. I'm feeding the poor for you. I'm counselling for you. I'm doing this for you and this for you. Yeah, but I, I would prefer it if you did those things with me, that you do it from Gracelands. You do it from a place of rest. You do it in response to what I have done. Get away with me. I'll recover your life. I'll recover your broken life, your bruised life, because you lived in legal veil. I will show you how to take a real rest. Will you, with me, learn the unforced? Not forced, not obligation, not rules and regulations, not rule keeping, unforced rhythms. Yes, it's a rhythm. Morning, evening, spring, summer, autumn. It's a rhythm, it's a flow. The unforced rhythms of grace. Nothing heavy, ill-fitting. What a contrast. How many of us, the reason why we struggle with prayer, it's because of a mindset It's because of our postcode. We've been doing this from legal veil rather than from Gracelands. Prayer causes us to feel guilty. We never measure up. We don't pray long enough, hard enough. We don't even know how to pray. We read books about prayer and we just feel useless. And Jesus is saying, do you want to rest from that? Because I would love you to come with me and watch me pray. Listen to me pray. Will you allow me to teach you how to pray? And that prayer is something that you just long to do.
You do it because of longing, not because of obligation. There is one thing I want to share with you that I have found very, very helpful in the era of prayer. And you can relate it to all of the spiritual disciplines. And that is when we pray, focus on a person. From legal veil, you will focus on your inadequacy. You'll compare yourself to other people. You'll focus on how long to pray. Is there a certain direction I should pray? Is there a certain posture I should pray? Uh, like, what is a good prayer when you're living in legal veil? You know, is, an, is an hour, like, is that the sort of, you know, you're in the zone? Like, can you pray for five minutes and God's still happy with it? See, it's all measurement, but when you focus on the person, all that other stuff, just you just don't think about it. You know, when I was dating Karen, I, I didn't study the dynamics of intimate communication. I didn't have a list of things that we, we've got to talk about in case we had an awkward moment of silence. Um, I, I didn't have a spreadsheet on, like I didn't time our conversations on the phone and charted, okay, ooh, in the last two minutes, we are averaging a minute less per phone call. Well, that's not, <laughs> oh dear. It's interesting when I caught up with Karen, it's just, I just wanted to be with her. It wasn't like, oh, how am I going to go? Am I going to hold my own? Am I going to, you know, it's just, I just want to be with Karen. And when I wasn't talking to her, when I wasn't with her, I was like, oh, I'm going to talk to her tonight. I... And you know those calls when you're dating? Okay, bye, yeah, bye. Oh, you're still there? Yeah, you hung up last night. No, 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 you hang up. <laughs> now, yeah, anything else? No, okay, bye. It's just... <laughs> but shouldn't it be when we pray? It's not about how long. Am I going to say the right thing? Is God going to be okay with me? It's just, oh, I just, I'm just longing. What did Jesus say? But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to the Father. When you pray, pray to a person. Your revelation of the person will dictate how you pray. And when you pray to the Father and you have a revelation of who the Father is, oh, and I'm a child, changes everything the way you pray. My kids don't come to me, hey, Dad, um, is five minutes okay? Like if we pray for you for, you know, play with you for five minutes, is that okay? Or should we play with you for an hour? Like, we don't know, we're really confused. Sometimes we play for an hour, sometimes it's two minutes. Either way, it's all good because I'm a father, they're a child and there's unbroken communion. It's just, when we talk, it's just the formality. But if prayer is more than talking, if prayer is intimate communion, well, then there is the spirit of prayer 24-7. There are times I think about God well, that's prayer. There are times when I sleep, I know God is awake. Does that mean I'm less spiritual than when I was praying, than when I was preaching? No, God's saying, hey, Rob, you, you're asleep, I'm awake. 
It's all spiritual. Prayer in grace lands is where we are God conscious, not self conscious. We're not even thinking about ourselves. We're not thinking about how we pray, how long we pray. It's just, I am just consumed by this communion I have with the Father because it's all been done. It's not about doing, doing, doing. I am not a human doing, I'm a human being, and I am abiding in the vine, and it's all about abiding, it's about communion. Prayer in grace lands is raw and honest. There was a time, I may have shared it with you in the very early days, where there was a time in ministry after managing anxiety disorder, panic attacks for a few years, there was a time I just thought, God, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I believe I'm disqualified to be a pastor. I don't have what it takes, but before I resign, I'm going to pretend I'm spiritual. I'm going to go to a mountain to 2J and I'm going to spend two days. Unless you speak to me, you've got two days. On the very first night, I put on some worship music. It was Kevin Prosh again, but this time without alcohol. (laughs) I'm listening to Kevin Prosh and a song came that won't mean anything to you and it was based on the Lord's Prayer. And I remember the album recorded in Anaheim in America and there was a lot of sentimental connection stuff. But there was a phrase, he restores my soul, he restores my soul. Now I know that intellectually, but in a moment, this is the very first hour. So it was almost like, okay, God, I'm starting now. You're gonna speak. And I just fell on my face on the carpet and I started bawling my eyes. There's snot coming out of my nose. And it wasn't like he has restored my soul. All I needed to know is he is going to restore my soul. That prayer was probably three minutes long with snot hanging out of my nose. And I wouldn't be surprised if God said, Rob, that was one of your very best prayers. It was short, it was raw, it was honest. God doesn't have a stopwatch, three minutes. It's, oh, I see your heart. I love it when your heart is broken, when you're transparent, when you're honest, when you're raw. I love it when you're so desperate. I actually love it when you don't know what to say. I love those times just go, oh God, oh God, oh God. And and Holy Spirit is interceding in your weakness and he's saying to the Father, hey, Father, this is what Rob is saying to you. This is what he, he doesn't know how to say, but this is his heart's prayer. And the fathers just go, oh, angels, would you just look at my son? That's a man living in Gracelands. Religious people could go, that's it. And God is going, oh. I will answer that prayer. I will move in that life. So who knows, from that time of living in legal veil, intoxicated with alcohol, which was naivety and immaturity, being incredibly self-conscious, to that same person up in 2J, on the carpet, snot 
coming out of his nose, a short, simple prayer. I know where I would rather be praying from. Give me grace lands any day. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for the gift of prayer because that's what it is. It is a gift that we can speak to you, we can listen to you, we can be still in your presence. I pray in the name of Jesus for anyone here that recognises that spirit of legalism that will be broken in the name of Jesus, that you'll transplant them immediately to Gracelands, that when they pray, when they worship, when they serve, when they fast, it is simple, it is authentic, it is honest, it is raw, and it is profoundly enjoyable. I pray that you would teach us to pray. I pray that you would guide, elevate church into the spirit of prayer from the place of Gracelands. And I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.